0: Hey everyone, just a quick note about this episode. My audio ended up sounding really bad. I did my best to, you know, make it sound as good as it could, but I left the air conditioner on while we were recording. Big mistake. So I've learned my lesson. Next time I will just sweat through uh, recording, no matter how hot it is. And, uh, but Akina sounds great. So please enjoy that. And uh, sorry if. My voice is annoying in this one. I apologize. and We will make sure to do better next time. Okay, enjoy. Hello,
1: I'm Laurel. And I'm Akina. And this is Jane Austen Culture Night. In this week's episode, you will find bad proposals, insufferable men, or at least one asshole in particular, trips to town, and Mrs. Bennett's nerves. There will be spoilers and maybe some cursing.
0: This week, we're reading chapters 19 through 21 in Pride and Prejudice. Woohoo! Yay!
1: Um, So I feel like if you were going to say this week's chapters... In just like one or two sentences, it would be Mr. Collins proposes to Elizabeth. Ah! She turns him down. And then at the very end of the chapters, we find out that um, the Bingleys have left to London and they might not come back for a while.
0: Right, exactly. So that's the very short version. Yes. And Mrs. Bennett's anxiety level is like peaking. Yes. <laughs> In
1: She's just like so highly strong that I feel like they could have made a renewable energy just by like plugging her into an outlet or something. I mean, I know they didn't have outlets back then, but they just like churned some butter off of her.
0: Yes, if you could harness that somehow. I really hope she's taking something for her nerves. I, really, I know, but I what hope did she they she have had back, back then? They've got, they like, have... opium. They've got oh straight-up <laughs> hardcore drugs <laughs> they just put in a tonic. Just yeah. Twice a day with honey.
1: They, yeah, she needs some of that opium.
0: <laughs> She's really, really, oh, man, these chapters are tough for her.
1: These chapters are tough for everyone. Yes,
0: <laughs> they're so hard to get through.
1: Most of the first two chapters are, like, just all about Mr. Collins. And it's
0: awful. It's so cringy. It's so... Uh, and as somehow reading it is worse than, like, watching it on screen. Like, on screen, yeah. it's a little bit more comical. And it goes... You get through it much faster, you know, because they cut out a lot of the lines. But it's, like four or five pages right of just yes
1: the initial the initial interaction which is mr collins comes down to breakfast and because he's not bashful at all and pretty pompous he's pretty certain of what will happen so he just comes down to breakfast and asks mrs bennett like he says like is it okay if i talk to miss elizabeth now and she's like great And then she, like, tries to run out of the room, even though Elizabeth realizes what's about to happen. And she's, like, trying to get her to come back.
0: She makes everybody leave. She's like, everyone get out of the room. (laughs) Elizabeth's like, please don't. Please don't
1: go. (laughs) And then Mr. Collins sits down. And I feel like I have just, like, a physical reaction to, like, how upset I get reading his, like, freaking proposal.
0: It's so terrible
1: god it's it's like it starts off bad and then it just like gets worse and it's like there's a new bottom of yes. worseness
0: yeah he starts off by talking about here are the reasons that i want to get married or you know that marriage is good and you know they're all like really weird superficial reasons One of the yeah reasons- he talks
1: a lot about Mr. Berg yes, he's like, she's
0: like she's in approval of it and then she wants him to find a wife.
1: and then he points out that like her family will be um, again her family will be like pushed out of the home as soon as her father dies right. and he was like and so he points this out in what is supposed to be a romantic proposal he's <laughs> like I know you will be homeless so if you marry me your family won't be homeless
0: right This is like his way of making it up to the family that he's going to inherit the estate.
1: Yes. He mentions exactly how much her, she will probably inherit, which is not that much. And he's like, I won't ever um, criticize you about that.
0: Yeah. And it's just terrible. And he's, I mean, this paragraph where he's talking is like, it's two pages long. (laughs) It's just so so awful oh my god and she can't get a word in she's you know finally she's like you're too hasty like he's talking to as if they're already married and like here's the arrangement. and she's like whoa, whoa, whoa i didn't give you an answer yet and by the way it's no
1: <laughs> and then he comes back with oh i know what young ladies do they want to appear delicate so they yes. tell so they their first step is always to reject a proposal. Yeah. They say no when they really mean yes. Which is, which I feel like like that is so infuriating and so upsetting on so many levels. He's Uh, not listening to her.
0: No. And she keeps saying like, no, please believe me. I feel there's two lines that I feel like, i want to the next women's march i want to put them on a poster (laughs) must give me leave to judge for myself and pay me the compliment of believing what i say and then later she said do not consider me now as an elegant female intending to plague you but as a rational creature speaking the truth from her heart and yeah over and over again every time she's like No, I'm saying no, please believe me, and he's like, Oh, you elegant females, I'll just ask your father. That's (laughs) what he says. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and he's convinced that once he talks to the parents that they'll, you know, convince her and it's all settled. He's not even the possibility of her actually saying no has not even entered his mind.
1: But, yeah, exactly. It's so upsetting. And I feel like when I listen to this, I just feel like a flashback to all the times that I've tried to speak my mind and just been ignored by men. Yes. <sighs> yeah,
0: it's infuriating and it's exhausting. And yeah. I'm
1: amazed at how well Elizabeth is holding it together. <laughs> she, like, a, she really shines in these chapters. So she, like, multiple times shuts Mr. Collins down, trying to be as polite as possible. She's so polite. Even though, uh, like, and then when she shuts him down, like uh, for the second time, he comes back with, like, look, I am, like, highly connected to the Burgs, yes. And you're... <laughs> He says, your portion is unhappily so small that it will in all likelihood in undo the effects of your loveliness. And he also says, it is by no means certain that another offer of marriage may ever be made to you. Yeah. And she shuts him down again. And right. he calls her charming. And then finally she gives <laughs> up and like goes to her father because she's like, okay, maybe he'll listen to a man. Right. And then um, Mrs. Bennett was, of course, trying to eavesdrop in the hallway. This is now chapter 20. Right. And and Mr. Collins
0: comes out, and he's, like, congratulating himself. He's like, yeah, it's all set. She's, like, so excited. She's like, congratulations, you and Lizzie. He's like, yeah, it's all settled. You know, she did say no, but I know that she's going to come around. But Mrs. Bennett knows her daughter, and she's like,
1: uh... Hold on. We're going to go talk to Mr. Bennett. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, yeah, she immediately realizes what's happened. Yeah. For once in her life. Yeah. And Mr. Collins is like, oh, yeah, by the way, she said no, but I'm sure it'll be fine. And Mrs. Bennett is like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and then she
0: says, like, oh, yeah, Lizzie can be very, um, I think she calls her headstrong, headstrong, foolish. Yes, headstrong and (laughs) foolish. And then Mr. Collins is like, well, if she's so headstrong, maybe I don't want her as a wife. And she's like, no, 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 no. So now Mrs. Bennett is scared that Mr. Collins won't want Lizzie and she's got to fix this whole thing.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. So Mrs. Bennett runs to Mr. Bennett and pleads with him to talk some sense into Elizabeth, where she does have a point is like, yeah, her family, this could be the key thing between. Homelessness and having a a safe place to grow old. So, I mean, as much as she annoys me, like it's like far less than Mr. Collins. But anyway, Mr. Bennett pretends, kind of sounds like he agrees with her at first.
0: Right? He tell he says, uh, "Bring her, bring Lizzie down. She'll know my opinion." Yeah. And so Mrs. Bennett's like, "Great, let's go get Lizzie," and she'll. Her father will set her straight. And uh, then we get this great scene where he, you know, she says, Mrs. Bennett explains what happened. She's like, if she refuses him, I will never talk to her again. And so then Mr. Bennett says, well, you have uh, an unlucky choice before you. If you marry, if you don't marry Mr. Collins, your mother will never see you. And if you do, I will never see you. And so that's the joke. And Elizabeth is like real just like oh thank you you know dad's on my side and (laughs) and mrs bennett is really angry um and mr bennett also wants his library back that was funny oh my god yes he doesn't he doesn't want her to have mr calls because he's like i want my library back he'll be here all the time i can't have that (laughs) yeah not just about lizzie's uh happiness and that this guy he doesn't
1: want his daughter married to him. <laughs> totally. Um, so so it seems like Mr. Collins is finally getting it through his head that Elizabeth said no. Um and uh and then Charlotte Lucas appears. Right.
0: And Mrs. Bennett's telling Charlotte what happened. And Charlotte kind of comes in, and then she's like a buffer, and she starts yes. entertaining Mister Collins and listening to him talk, and it, it gives them all a little bit of a break because they don't have to talk to him, and it's yeah, sort
1: of keeping him
0: occupied and his mind off of the whole thing.
1: Yeah, everyone's grateful to uh, Charlotte for just like. Yeah, as you said, yep. entertaining Mr. Collins. And then doesn't they all he, don't know what to go do.
0: go to their house. Does he have dinner at their house the next day or something?
1: I think that comes from that the future later because you read ahead. Oh, sorry. I know. <laughs> I always read ahead and then I forget. I been, which... <laughs> I've been so good about that because normally I do that all the time. Yeah. But I, um. But yeah, so she entertains Mr. Collins and then they decide to go um, on a walk to the next day. The next day, Elizabeth is kind of hoping like, okay, so the proposal failed. He still has several days left for his visit and hopefully he'll just leave early. But no, would Mr. Collins do that? No, he's staying. So all the girls in prison without him walk to Meryton to see if beloved Mr. Wickham is back. Yes, and he is.
0: And they do get to see him. And, you know, they're all really curious about why he wasn't at the ball. And he tells Elizabeth that, yes, it was basically because he thought it wouldn't be a good idea to see Darcy and it could make a big scene and it wouldn't be good. So even though he said, you know, if Darcy doesn't want to see me, he should be the one to go. He said, no, I thought better of it. And, you know, it may have made a big scene and, uh, you know, I didn't want to have to put people through that. And I thought it was better that I just not come. So that's his excuse.
1: Which sounds really plausible, but I feel like if you're reading, re- reading this for the second or third or fourth time or 18th time, you remember that just a few chapters earlier, he was saying, Oh, I'll never, I'll, I I have nothing to fear for Mr. Darcy. I won't ever shy away from meeting him. Right.
0: Right, yeah, he was very adamant about
1: that. Um, He also, like, escorts the ladies back home to Netherfield, not to Netherfield, to Longbourn. To Longbourn, and Elizabeth is pretty excited because this means she gets to introduce him to her parents. Also, it seems like he's paying a lot of particular attention to Elizabeth. Um, When they get back... Uh, Jane gets this letter from fucking Caroline Bingley. Oh,
0: what a letter.
1: (laughs) Poor Jane. Yeah, so Caroline
0: says, basically, we're leaving, we're going back to London, and we're probably not going to be back all winter. Um, But not just that, she goes into this whole long explanation about how um, they're really excited to see miss darcy darcy's sister georgiana yes. and she makes it really clear that they're really hoping that bingley will end up proposing to georgiana so it's such a and poor jane who is <laughs> so oh God, sweet jane. and so gullible she thinks oh you know uh caroline would never deceive me she's my friend and she's you know, trying to warn me off maybe that her brother didn't actually like me that much. And, you know, why shouldn't they like Miss Darcy more? Because they know her. And Elizabeth is like, no, these, you know, his sisters are ganging up and they're trying to separate you because I know that he really does like you and they're trying to prevent it because they think you're not good enough. Uh, So Elizabeth and Jane kind of get into this argument not really an argument but they have different opinions on it and jane just cannot think badly of caroline at all yeah
1: yeah ultimately she ends up saying jane says you know maybe the answer is more like um caroline is is just un." Is somehow deceived i don't know jane kind of finds this middle way in her brain where she's like caroline didn't mean to hurt my feelings but she's just confused and like she doesn't understand how much her brother likes me so hopefully i'll I'll be okay and i don't have to think ill of anyone
0: right right or she thinks you know maybe i was confused and he didn't like me as much as i thought he did well she definitely thinks that in the beginning or or she thinks like she doesn't realize and yeah there she's just it's all got to be a big misunderstanding yes and she's and she also does say she's like if he really liked me so much then his sisters couldn't prevent him from it she's very confident of that um she which you know is you know elizabeth has already seen like this conversation between him and Darcy where they're talking about this inclination of his to be swayed by other people. And so she's not so sure about that either.
1: She also, um, uh, Jane also admits that even if his sisters were against the marriage, she would say yes anyway, because she values their happiness more, which I'm like, go Jane. You, have a, yeah. you do have a tiny backbone. Good job. <laughs> yeah yeah so um
0: so yeah we get that news and uh once again mrs bennett is really unhappy that he's left but she's convinced he's gonna come back in like a week she can't imagine that he's gonna stay away that long so yeah she's kind of consoling herself that they'll soon be back and everything will be fine
1: yeah because they say like in the letter uh Uh, Caroline Bingley says, Oh, my, my brother meant to just be away three or four days, but we're sure it's going to take months and months. So we're going to go follow him into town and we're going to have a great time and wish you were here. Um and they just kind of tell Mrs. Bennett like the tiny part of like, oh, they're gonna be away for a little while. Right,
0: right, right. Yeah, they, they don't, don't tell, tell her all anything of it else. She would have a legit heart attack <laughs> yeah.
1: after the Mr. Collins debacle and oh wellness. my god. Oh my god. <laughs> she can't handle it. How could she handle that her without poor like
0: nerves?
1: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So, so that's what like, happens, right? Exactly. Yeah. We we leave off with them telling Mrs. Bennett and her trying to console herself with what to do when when the Bingleys do come back like what meal she'll plan for them. Yeah. They're going to have at that. least a,
0: a two full courses. Yes. For dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah these mr collins chapters are so rough <laughs> it's oh, really hard God. to get through them and
1: there's more to come like we're not done with him yet oh. <laughs> we're not done with him but i feel like this is him being like the most obnoxious steamrolling
0: yeah this is the worst this is him at his absolute worst
1: <laughs> um i was thinking a lot and i feel like we've been touching on this in other episodes but do you remember at camp in the summers, I, I feel like especially at Camp Sunrise, this would be like drilled into our heads that like you have to be prepared because we knew we were going to have an arranged marriage. The yeah. idea is like you have to be prepared to meet, to marry like the person you hate the most.
0: I was going to ask you about this, exact, oh thing. My this God. Is the exact thing I was thinking about. And I was like, I have to ask Akina if she had heard the same thing. Yes, absolutely. I remember hearing that, and I had like one particular person in mind. I was like, "Oh my god!" (laughs) We all had this one One specific person for each of us. That I was like, "Oh my god!" I have to be prepared to marry that person, or if that was the person that you hated the most, then that's who you were going to get matched to, right? Yes, because then you would be overcoming something. And if you like
1: overcome this obstacle of like not wanting to be with this person and you do build a successful relationship, then you would be like bringing a victory to God. So we would hear testimonies of other older blessed children who had gotten married and first generation, like our parents age, who had gotten blessed or married in the church. And oftentimes they had a similar uh, story of a few times, I I definitely remember hearing the same story of like, there was someone that I really struggled with when we were fundraising, or like in the early days of the church, and there was just always this one person at camp that like, I couldn't or at a workshop that I couldn't relate to. And then, of course, they end up getting matched to that person. Right? Yes. And, and they had to overcome that.
0: Yeah. It's like a, it's like if, if Elizabeth was matched with Mr. Darcy when they first met and they hated yes. each
1: other. <laughs> yeah. It's like there, you just, you get, and it was like to prepare yourself for like the possibility of anyone. Cause you were supposed to like make this offering of saying like, I will accept anyone that the church or Reverend Moon gives us. And yeah, and there's it's seen one... as,
0: like, this noble thing to, like, yes. be able to love anyone or accept anyone means that you have, like, a big heart and that you're the most loving or whatever.
1: Yeah. 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 And there was, like, a guy at camp that was, like, kind of a bully. And I just remember thinking, like, oh, I will definitely be married to this person. And the thought of that scared me so much because it's, per- like – I feel like there were a bunch of guys around where I wasn't thinking like, especially like they were drilling this into our heads at like 11 and 12. So it wasn't like I was like, I was like a innocent preteen just running around being like, oh, like, let's play tag with the boys. Not like, not like I had huge crushes on everyone. But I just remember feeling like if I get married to this person, I don't understand how I'll be able to be in the same room with them because they're like mean. And they're like, I don't like them. (laughs) i don't like them i know
0: i remember having this exact fear and i remember being like older as a teenager at the point where you're like seriously thinking about it yeah and um for me there was this one guy that i remember meeting and he was just so arrogant and like really just i i was like i do not like this kid
1: (laughs) And now and I'm going to guess who this is, but we can do that no, after we stop yeah, recording. Yeah, after, after. We're not going to say their names on. That would be so rude, especially because it's, so it's like, looking back, I'm, like, man, we were all, like, going through so much, like, being raised yeah. in a cult. And like, Absolutely. Everything, yeah, it was, like, I also feel, I kind of feel bad that I'm, like, why did they tell us, like, the person you hate? Like, just, like. Of course, there's going to be like more like unpopular kids at camp or whatever. I don't know. I just feel like it's so stigmatizing to tell kids, like, think of the one person you hate that make here that makes you want to barf and like just know that you could be married to them. I I feel like I was thinking a lot about that experience and just like how harmful that was. And maybe that's just like, of course, like a basic realization that any outsider would have, but like to tell, especially like girls, but like any kids, like you're going to be married to someone you don't like. I feel like it's just teaching them to just like ignore, yes, ignore any like
0: impulses,
1: inner, voice. yeah. inner voices that you have. Yeah. And to not trust yourself. Yes, absolutely. Which I feel like is so important. Yeah, it is. And it's this
0: way of sort of controlling, you know, because it's like, oh, the worst possible thing you can imagine. So then at that point, if you don't get that, you're like feeling grateful for not getting the worst thing. Right. Yeah. It's 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 almost this abusive idea of like, well, if they're not like an abusive, if they're not like hitting me, then I should be grateful because you know i have this match that's not the worst thing i could ever think of <laughs> yeah and, and it's, it's not about it's not about joy and being like this is the best person you could possibly have it's like uh,
1: yeah it's so awful and i feel like one thing i'm really grateful for the me too movement because i mean i've i've been like a feminist and like pro women's rights for like quite a long time now but i feel like it, it really opened a discussion of like what exactly is abuse or like the variations of it that maybe we've like just accepted as normal for a long time. And it's like, it's not just like, I don't know. I guess I used to think like, Oh, well there's rape. And then there's not rape or something. And now I'm realizing like, Oh, there's so many different ways of control. And just like, I mean, Elizabeth Elizabeth even, like, has more of a a say in her own future than we would have had. Yeah, um, she feels...
0: And the fact that she feels confident that she can say no. Yeah. Yeah, even though he doesn't believe her. And that whole part is really exhausting and infuriating. But she's saying no very clearly. And, like, I don't know if you've ever, ever had the experience of, like, having to say no to a man and being scared that he would like retaliate in some way. And so you have to like sugarcoat things and make it sound polite and nice, which she does do a little bit, but I feel like even her is much more straightforward than I was. Sometimes I'd be like, Oh, you
1: know, you have to, ah. Well, the whole point is like, if we were told to marry someone or like there wasn't, I feel like I grew up thinking like, you can't say no you'd like if if it's like true father reverend moon or like your maybe your parents might be like a little bit more flexible but like, like I
0: for my parents my yeah, parents but I, always sort of was like well this is you know it has to be your choice in the end but that could have varied you know that was just because it was my parents i think a lot of other parents had it, there was no standard for
1: that also um, i feel like our parents being able to match us like as i think we've gone over earlier was like a later development in our teenage years and before that it was like true father's gonna match you and it's really gonna be like it would be like really 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 sinful to to say no Well, because you have to believe
0: like it's scarier to believe like that it's like random right like yeah. it's it much more comforting to believe that, like, oh, this person is ordained by God and they're going to give you the best match that, like, God chooses. Yeah. And so you ha- you believe that because it's much scarier to believe otherwise. And so then it's, like, it's not just that you're saying no to this person. You're saying no to God. And God
1: well, chooses. also, like, every fucking action of your day it was, like, framed in this, like, Heavenly war scenario against like against Satan. So by like s- rejecting a a choice by the Messiah for like is just like one of the biggest sins you could Because it wasn't just about
0: you; it was about like your future children and yeah. your families and like God's plan. You know, a thousand years down the road, and right? You could be messing that up.
1: Yeah. And I i mean, like, I just feel like it was inculturated with us. I don't know if that's a word that like, you, like, I remember my mom telling me the story, like over and over, it was like a bedtime story of like, how she and my dad got matched, like, and, and blessed together. And they were matched. And true father, like had walked down the room and picked one person, and then another person, and then one person, and then another person. And he Finally got to my parents and picked them. And she always said, like, then you stood up, you walked in front of true father, you bowed, then you walked into a small side room to like exchange information. And that's where you would like formally accept the matching. And then you would come back out and bow again. And then you would leave the room. Yeah. And I it was always like my mom would say, like, yeah. And that was like essentially a formality to like accept the matching. Like no one would go in their room and be like, actually, no. Right. <laughs> yeah. So
0: <laughs> I feel at that like, point, you're, like, fully invested. You're, yeah.
1: So I feel like by the time even, like, our parents, like, and there was some flexibility coming along, I feel like we were s- still, like, had this huge history, like, of all of our lives being told, like, you have to accept the person. Right.
0: right.
1: But, yeah, it's um – I'm just realizing, like – yeah, how abusive and controlling that was to, like, literally say, like, you're going to, like, have sex with this person and you're going to like it. And it's like, yeah, it's just when you, so when terrifying. you haven't
0: even been allowed to, like, hold hands with a boy
1: before. <laughs> you're going to, like, have their kids and you have no say in the matter. Yeah. That's, like, real rough, dude. <laughs> so I don't really insane. like that no i don't like it either it's so weird it's really weird and i'm not a fan and it's
0: it's also you know it's weird to think that it's not just us that there's others who have gone through this process and like we're still married to the people that we were like matched to Mm -hmm. and have kind of like made it work like i feel like we kind of gained the system somehow and just by sheer
1: luck. <laughs> I feel like there's some couples that are like you and me. Where like, I feel like we like, actually, there was some attraction. There's was yeah. a- attraction there. Yes. And I feel like we also got lucky because it's like, who do you fucking have a crush on when you're 20? And then you're still in your 30s and you like make it work. Like, that's pretty lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, I feel like out of like the dozens and dozens of couples I know who like got matched by True Father or randomly I feel like I know two or three that are still together and it does feel yeah, like
0: same. and they're it, probably the same people that we're yes. thinking of oh
1: yeah <laughs> and it, it definitely feels like like, a, like the odds <laughs> the odds worked out <laughs> like the one out of every hundred were... <laughs> yeah
0: Oh, we won yeah. the
1: Hunger Games, Akina. We did it. <laughs> I know. Andrew and I keep joking around that, like, there must be some prize in the end. <laughs> like The longer <laughs> we hold on. <laughs> Honestly, and that's, like, why I want like, I, I I, don't know if I went over this. We we need to re-listen to some of our episodes. But, like, why I started to get more vocal about why I, I my feelings about leaving the church so I started to get more vocal about like wanting to leave the church and and my feelings about the church because I realized that like Andrew and I were still together and therefore that was being used as proof that the blessing worked in our community right in LA and I was like um yeah we did not (laughs) like work out (laughs) because of the blessing
0: right well and I've had I've had uh similar discussions. And, you know, one of the things that I've talked to Weechi about is like, yeah, our relationship is not solely based on the church and those things. And that's why like me talking about leaving and all of that stuff, it wasn't, you know, you know, once he was like, well, are we good? I was like, yeah, we're good so that's not what our relationship
1: is based
0: on
1: so then it's like yeah okay yeah no I we had that same issue like I don't know I guess almost I guess around 10 years ago when like both of us were first seriously in our we were in our mid-20s we were like 26 and we were like okay like I think the church is bullshit essentially. And then there's this moment of like if the church is bullshit, then art is our relationship bullshit. And yeah, that definitely caused a few freakouts for like a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it's
0: it's a real thing.
1: Yeah, it's really scary. Oh, leaving the church is so scary. (laughs) I remember someone being like, oh, well, it will take a few, like, I'm sure it will take a few years for you to process everything. And me being like, that's way too much time. I need to figure this out right now. And now I just like want to like shoot back 10 years and like give younger me a hug and be like, it's going to take a really long time. It's going to take a lot of years. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I did want to mention that this
0: whole Mr. Collins proposal thing, it just brings me to these flashbacks of like stress dreams that I used to have about getting blessed. I don't know if you ever had
1: any of these, but probably I probably school- blacked them out yeah.
0: <laughs> in high school. I used to have like these stress dreams where, in the dream. I was uh, in love with somebody And it would be like a different person every time. A lot of times it was like somebody at my school that I was like in love with, but I, and I was talking to them and being like, Oh my gosh, I'm in love with you, but I have to get married to this other person. And so it was always like this sad thing. And then one time I remember I was, there was this one, it was two boys at my school and one of the, and one of the boys, like, in the dream, I was, like, in love with. And I was, like, oh, I want to be with this boy. But it was my actual, like, wedding day. And I was getting married to this other boy who I hated. I didn't like him at all. And he was at school, right? And, like, I w- we were, like, walking down the aisle. And this other oh. boy was, like, sitting there, like, watching us. And we're, like, looking at each other as we passed. and It was so awful. It was oh. Yeah. So I used to have these like stress dreams about um, being blessed to being married to somebody that I did not like and actually being in love with someone else.
1: Did you, um, that sucks. Yeah. Um, did you ever read the gift of fear? Um, no, but I've heard of it. Yeah. I haven't read it either. only your intuition, right? And about yeah. fear being a good thing. Yeah. And just like, you know how, like, especially um, so many women aren't get in situations where you don't want to make the person feel bad. And so you, like, let them, like, you kind of let them push you around a little bit. Yeah. And how, like, sometimes those, like, we're just trained to ignore our own red flags. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes you'll see someone or have an interaction with someone and like know that they're trouble and then just like kind of let your let them stick around you. Right.
0: And you and you let them cross boundaries. Yes. That you know you shouldn't, but you're like, I just need to get through this or
1: I need yeah. to be nice and you don't yeah. want to rock the boat or whatever. And I just yeah, I'm just thinking of like what they how the church how we were raised in the church was just like ignore all red flags or what they say when you're wearing uh rose-colored glasses red flags just look like flags (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) um yeah it's just like I feel like as an adult I'm like relearning impulses because yeah. the impulses that were trained in me in the church was not just even about the blessing but just about everything that you had to like do the hardest thing and do what you hated most and now like as an adult i feel like i'll do stupid shit like i'll be really sick and still like push myself to get up and do things and then i'll get even sicker because yeah. i don't know like you're supposed to take care of yourself
0: or listening to your body especially because <sighs> there was that whole like mind over body thing yeah where your body would be um, subject to your mind. And so you should be able to overcome things. And so people would like take cold showers or do really intense um, physical fasting things. Yeah. Fasting or like physical exercise um, and these type of things that you're supposed to do as a form of like subjugating your body and not listening. And yeah. Be, your mind should be able to be over your body even yeah. like falling asleep, being tired, like do you, how yeah. many like lectures and things we s- yeah. sat through, like trying to stay awake because we were so sleep deprived and
1: sleepy spirits. Sleepy spirits. <laughs> would call it sleepy spirits if you got tired. You were like you had to overcome these like sleep- evil spirits that were making you sleepy. Yes. And you know what, dude? Like now I'm an adult. I freaking took like ten years to get help for my migraines because I didn't even know what they were. And I can't even tell when they're starting to happen because like my pain threshold is so out of whack that like it has to be like a full-blown migraine before I'll notice. And then I'll be like, oh, I'm dizzy. Oh, my head is imploding. Oh, like I'm nauseous. Oh, like my body is falling apart on me. But the whole trick of having migraines is that you're supposed to like real see them earlier and pay attention to them. So you take medication so you can like, not get them like in a full blown state. And I have a real hard time with that. And yeah, I, I feel like sometimes I think about it. I don't know anything about cars, but I always think of it as like someone who's like, like all my gears have been stripped and I'm like, so like, I don't know, like I can like quickly go from like, like reverse to forward, like really fast, because like, everything's just like a mess. And so I'm like, kind of training myself, like, okay, there's steps. Yeah, like there's stages, you can like, yeah, you can like, you can like, if you're feeling bad, you can like, take a break. Like, if you're feeling sick, you can take some medicine. Like all these things that I feel like sometimes other people have them as like natural impulses, or they've been like, encouraged to listen to their bodies and like I'm just like learning it as an adult and it's getting like a little bit easier but I feel like it will always feel like a foreign language or experience like something that I'm like consciously working on right
0: or something where you have to stop and be like
1: wait what am I feeling
0: about this am I yeah. actually does my body actually feel good is this something I should be doing yeah am I emotionally feeling good because we would just dis- you disconnect from your emotions too yeah in order to just do what you had to do and uh...
1: it's tough. I feel like the cult is just a gift that like keeps on giving like the <laughs> shittiest gifts where you're like cool like I'm I'm like gonna be 40 in a few years like and like we're I still gotta deal with this right <laughs> Yes. And Elizabeth Bennett, who <laughs> is much younger,
0: is already has much more, um, she's much more in tune with her emotions and what she and, and her body and what she wants and what she doesn't want. And that is very admirable for a young It's just
1: really depressing, though, that it's like it was written like 200 years ago. Yeah. More and, than 200 years ago in a and very it's so different familiar. time. Yeah. And she it's familiar and she has, like, more freedoms than us, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Ugh,
0: her parents anyway. backed her up. Her, her dad yeah. backed her up and was like, yeah, she should say no. Yeah. Are you a woman of mean understanding, little information, and uncertain temper that suffers from nervous complaints? When life gets tough and your daughters keep refusing marriage proposals that would save them from being homeless, Mrs. Bennett's nerve tonic can help. While taking Mrs. Bennett's nerve tonic, many hysterical women experience a significant increase in happiness and ability to cope. Ask your doctor if Mrs. Bennett's nerve tonic is right for you. Mrs. Bennett's nerve tonic may cause drowsiness, muscle weakness, blackouts, hallucinations, and hysteria. If you are pregnant or nursing, consult your doctor before taking Mrs. Bennett's nerve tonic.
1: Um did you have any favorite lines of this very upsetting chapter? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um I really liked um Mrs. Bennett's hysterical rant she's uh, which
1: one <laughs> which
0: one I know um it's in the middle of chapter 20 um or it's towards the end of chapter 20 and she it's after Charlotte comes and she starts telling Charlotte like how everyone's... Uh, how abused she is and how terrible this is and nobody thinks of me and Lizzie's going to ruin us all and I don't know where her head is and then and she's like I don't want to talk to my ungrateful children and then at the very end it's this huge one paragraph and then at the very end she says people who suffer as I do from nervous complaints can have no great inclination for talking nobody can tell what I suffer but it is always so those who do not complain are never pitied
1: I love her, like, two paragraphs of, like, telling Elizabeth she's never going to talk to her anymore. I really loved so much of this book, and I feel like you touched on my favorite line where Mr. Bennett says, I shall be glad to have the library to myself as soon as may be. I'm just like, I want my own fucking library to kick people out of.
0: Can you imagine? (laughs) Get out of my library!
1: <laughs> ah, that is the dream.
0: <laughs> that is the dream.
1: Like one day I'll have a library, and no I'll annoying
0: say, "Men are allowed."
1: Yeah, I'm like if you're talking, please leave. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's been a couple weeks since we last talked. Have you had a chance to read or watch anything fun? Um.
0: Yeah. So I finished a book I was very proud of myself because I got this book in like February and then it's one of those things that it's a collection of essays so it's easy to put down you know nice um so I finally finished it it's um by Amy um, Netsukumatatel it's um World of Wonder
1: oh I haven't heard of that
0: World of Wonders in Praise of Fireflies, Whale Sharks and Other Astonishments Um, Yeah, so it's a collection of essays, and it's really lovely. It's also just a really aesthetically beautiful book. It's got all these pretty illustrations. And she does personal essays, and they're always related to some type of wildlife, like plants or animals. And so it was very soothing to read. I liked it a lot. And she's also a poet, so now I want to go back and read all her poetry books. Nice. Yeah, that was my big accomplishment.
1: Um, have you heard of Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer? No. Um, she's, she wrote like, she wrote a book that sounds similar to that. It doesn't have as beautiful illustrations, but it's like a lot of essays about, um, just about like nature and yeah, it's really hard to describe, but I love it so much. And I've, I think it came out almost 10 years ago, but it's like still sells really well. Um, Like my local bookstore always has like six copies on hand because I go in like every month to buy it for like a gift. It's like really, it's really good. Um, Yeah. I, yeah, she writes, um, I think she's a member of the. Potawatomi Tommy tribe i might be butchering that and so she just like writes about like also like native rights and then native ways of like interacting with the land and oh. also she's like a trained botanist and so like Ooh. the various ways of like her brain dealing with the earth and it's like really special she's also a mom and so just like the idea of like motherhood and and familial relationships. That
0: sounds very similar to what I just read. Yeah. I feel like I really
1: like it. I'll I'll send yeah. you this book and you can send yes. me that one. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah, let's do that. Um I had a similar experience where my friend lent me a book like a good six months ago at least. And I was just in the start of my Raymond Chandler Um, obsession and so I just ignored it for months I just had this on my shelf and then I finally just pulled it down and read it and I love it so much and it's by um, this woman I think her name is Miko Kawakami it's a novel called Breasts and Eggs Um, and it it came out in Japan like I think about 10 years ago but there's a translation of it that came out a couple years ago and it is so good. Um, Like it's, it's several, um, it's a pretty long book. And it starts out of this woman who's just like, she's been, she was orphaned as a little kid, grew up really poor with her older sister. She like runs to Tokyo when she like, is like a teenager or 20 or something. And she wants to be a writer, but she's just like stuck in a job and she doesn't really write. And then her older sister calls her up and is like, I'm going to come visit because I really want to get a boob job, probably in Tokyo. And uh, that's kind of like what the beginning is about. And then it just like kind of goes from there. Um, I feel like, you know how you read some books and you feel like, they're, like, really polished, and they were, like, written in an MFA program so that people will love them and, like, like so they can become the next New York Times yeah. darling or something. Yeah. This book feels, like, so different. Like, it feels like this woman has her own voice, and you're just, like, getting this glimpse into this, like, weirdo's life. Nice. And it's so, like, fresh and, like, unlike anything I've read. Um, that I just really appreciated it. it my friend said it was like unself conscious which I like I also felt like I just had this feeling like that it like it feels like it's like a woman wrote this book about a woman and it's like not really maybe written for men, maybe, or something, or just like. It's not about a woman who's like actually really cute and pretty and just quirky. It's like, no, she has like real problems. This is like fleshed out. And like, I don't know. I'm just so grateful that my friend didn't bug me about returning a book after like seven months.
0: (laughs) Nice. Let me take my time to
1: get to it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It always takes me time
1: to get to books, even when I really want to read them. Me too. Yeah. Um, so next week, we're reading what chapters 22
0: through 24. And awesome. spoiler alert, there's more Mr. Collins. I can't. There's just, there's more. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's still here. He's still with us.
1: Someday I'm going to just like take a red pen and just like cross him out of this book.
0: I'm really, really missing Darcy. I'm like, please, Darcy, come back. Where have you gone? We, going? Where are we going? Thanks for joining us today. We hope you like this episode. Please email us and let us know what you think or send us your thoughts and feelings. Uh, We've gotten some nice feedback, so it's always good to hear from you. JaneAustinCultureNight at gmail.com. As always, you can also leave us a review. Uh, Those are always uh, fun and very much appreciated as well. And we will see you next time, and uh, hopefully, we'll have better audio so you can look forward to that. Bye. So, we do the, the tagline in this week, so you'll find lots of trauma. <laughs> <laughs>